Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. Welcome to another episode of the Design Freaks Podcast, where we talk about music industry, art, and design. Record covers, graphic design, music history, design history. Why not? Uh, I'm Clarita, and I'm your host. Hello. I have a tiny bit of a cold today. Uh, My voice is a little bit weird, but... Well, first of all, I'm on DayQuil, and it's awesome. I feel great. (laughs) And I have a brand new mic, thanks to a generous donation by my sister, Melissa, who you may know from the Tadanori Yokuo episode, just a few episodes back. Check that one out. It's awesome. And so is this custom gold and teal microphone. I'm not going to say the name, but it's on my Instagram. It's beautiful. I love it. Huge thank you so much, Melissa. And so far, sounds great. And by the way, this is episode 43 with Victor Melendez. And Victor's an art director, graphic designer, and illustrator from Ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City. And he's been working for over 15 years in agencies, in house studios, as a freelancer. He has a huge list of clients Sub Pop, KXP, Seahawks, etc. He's done murals all over the place. I think he's best known for his gig posters. His work is incredible. Very detailed, uh, very handmade looking illustrations, lots of masks and stuff. Very cool. Very pagan. Check it out. Uh, He spoke at the AIGA design conference too, Dribble uh, Dribble Hang Time and Circles Conference. We talk about him coming here from Mexico City and how American culture influenced him back home and like how trade agreements affected his life. It's crazy. Um, His beginnings and then how he got started here in Seattle. And a note on that, um, just a little background. We mentioned Robin Ray um, and Robin is who taught at the school where Victor got his BFA. So she's associate professor of design, graphic design lead at Cornish College of the Arts. She was also in my path as well. She taught at my school at Seattle Central Creative Academy, which I've mentioned before, and helped me get a job at Cornish, where Victor went, um, on the marketing team. And I also got to teach a poster class there for two semesters. Shout out to all the design faculty there and everywhere. Also, Robin is co-founder of Modern Dog Design Company. It's an internationally acclaimed design and illustration studio that opened in 1987. And uh, her posters have been exhibited internationally. She's co-author of some books, Modern Dog, 20 Years of Poster Art. 
I mean, I want to have Robin on the show sometime. Hopefully, I'll be talking to her soon. Um, And before the interview with Victor, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you enjoy the show, please share it with other vinyl and design freaks. And if you have a minute, I would love a five-star Apple review. So if you could be so kind as to write a little tiny something, it doesn't have to be much, but I think that helps the algorithm. If you like write something, hit the five stars, and it helps other people find me. As always, check out the photos and links that accompany this episode and for all episodes at designfreakspodcast.com, my website. And you can contact me there and you can hit the shop button. Um, I have a new store and I'm continuing to do new designs, but um, the first designs are up. There's like new Design Freaks t-shirts. It's a new decal that I made. Um, Hoodies, stickers, mugs, and a baseball tee, which I love a baseball tee. Um, The decal is either black or two different gradients. And if you're into goth beach vibes, I have one design up now and I'm working on more because I love drawing that stuff. And for more music-related podcasts on the Ruinous Media Network, check out ruinousmedia.com, okay? And now, enjoy this conversation with illustrator, graphic designer, Victor Melendez. We're recording. Can you hear me? Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for, for joining me. Um, I was going to ask you about Mexico. And uh, when did you move here? Probably 99, 98, 99. We still had a South Lake Union, like it's empty and there were no buildings there. Mm-hmm. I moved here in 98. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same. Um, has Mexico City changed when you go back? It's such a dense city and i mean here because it's so small seattle that you can see the changes they're pretty evident when you see like you see your buildings go up every day but mexico is like super saturated it's like kind of like new york where you don't even notice when a building goes up or down but the quote-unquote scene uh like culture and stuff i can think that it, it has changed quite a bit i think that it's more American, if you want, like ah. influenced by the U.S. and pop culture, way more mm-hmm. than it was before. When it, when I was living there throughout the late 70s, 80s, there was no um, NAFTA, so mm. we didn't have any imports or there was nothing like produced in the U.S. or mm-hmm. outside of Mexico other than China, I guess, or that was licensed like toys mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or everything was licensed to like a Mexican manufacturer or like like tennis shoes when you have any Nikes growing up or anything like that. Whenever you get those, it was like an uncle that went to the US or Or you had the Adidas with four stripes. A B buzz or like like a like a subtle change. So you're from Ciudad de Mexico, right? And you did you grow yeah. up doing graffiti there? Well my family is from uh Oaxaca. On both sides, my mom and my dad's, they're from Oaxaca State, like different towns, but mostly from the uh, Tehuantepec uh, Isthmus, which is a like a central zone. A lot of people from uh, from that area migrated to Veracruz, like which is by the Gulf of Mexico, because of the oil of that. Like long time ago, the oil it was like a like a boom 
and they had a refinery and lots of industry related to oil. So a lot of people from that area uh, moved to Veracruz, this little town, Minatitlan, and they uh, they established like uh, themselves in there. Uh, so it was a mixture of cultures that uh, like Oaxaca, like the thing with towns and states in Mexico is that each little town has its own like traditions and music and handcrafts, uh, uh, even languages. Like my grandparents didn't speak Spanish to later they spoke like native zapoteco it's called and natives yeah i mean when they were young kids they just started speaking spanish at least on my dad's side of the family mm-hmm. yeah they started start families there and that's where my parents were born and in veracruz and then my mom's parents moved to mexico city because they, uh, some of their kids were studying there mm-hmm. that's where that's where i was born i was born in mexico city but so i lived there for for a few years and then eventually moved to veracruz and then i moved back to mexico city for a uh, high school and, and some college my family too spoke some native words we always said aguacate i never said <laughs> avocado i bet you never paid more than a dollar for it either Hell no. <laughs> yeah. I still have an avocado tree in front of my house in Veracruz. And <gasps> it was always full. Many, many fruits like oranges, bananas, mangoes. We never pay for those kind of fruits. <laughs> so, yeah. so when, I, when I came here, it was like a dollar for an avocado. I was like, whoa, that's insane. <laughs> So the graffiti stuff, I'm so curious because I grew up with uh, graffiti artists and they all kind of all either became tattooers or graphic designers. And I'm wondering if that is the case for you. Like, was that a path? Actually, graffiti was also like a new thing. Like I was I was talking about how we didn't have, I mean, we were aware of American things. Obviously, we had the movies, but but like, for example, movies, they were never in English. They were always dubbed. For example, graffiti was like brand new when I started. Like I was doing, like started with tags and stuff like that, like little bombs around the city. And that was, I don't know, early 90s. What was and, your name? Well, I had many, but uh, the one that I was doing a lot, it was Fist. Fist. And I remember that I was like, I, it has to be like a like a super cool letter. It has to be four letters. And, and my crew was the SF, Sin Fronteras. Like, no borders. No border. <laughs> and uh, I mean, everything was brand new. Like we didn't really have any like spray paint like that was good enough for it. Like or like spray paint like caps. We just like we made our own <laughs> with like perfume caps or like oh, whatever yeah. we can find. Spray and, glue. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> so like DIY. So that was like early nineties and. And at that time, it was like going all around Mexico City, like on the subway. And uh, Mexico City is so big that um, you can spend all day outside and with just the subway and get around. It, it's so, so big. I mean, counting the metropolitan area, like surroundings, it's like 22 million people. It's, wow. it's, it's like you, you don't have a... a concept or like of how big it is until you're there like when i came to seattle it was like this is so small it's, it's like 
I don't know, like a neighborhood in Mexico. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, quite, quite a change. But the, at that time, the graffiti scene, there weren't that many. Um, and most of us like hung out on like weekends and then, you know, spent all day just going out. I was very intrigued. I wasn't that good. Like, I mean, I drew a little bit when I was, when I was a kid. I, I mean, I was always encouraged by my mom, my mom and my, my, her dad, my grandpa, they were very artistic. And to this day, my mom, like she paints and oh. does a lot of handcrafts and my dad, my, my grandpa too. I mean, I was drawing when I was a kid and my mom was very encouraging. She will let me paint and buy me crayons and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that was going to be my career or like my path, like, mm -hmm. because on my mom's side, I got everyone has a degree in engineers and mm. writers, uh, like a regular degree. So <clears throat> they were like, oh, you, you're going to have to go to college, blah, blah, blah. That was like the path that was set for me. Um, like nothing related to the arts. So I started doing graffiti and I started like, I was very interested in letters, letter forms and mm -hmm. how a character is like formed, how it's very fluid. And sometimes you don't really understand what's going on, but you appreciate the, the, for, the, the, the forms and the, the color. And I was quite intrigued by that. So I went to uh, technical uh, high school where it was computer programming, where I was uh, like the degree, it was like, um, like a vocational school mm -hmm. where you would, you would go in and, and you do high school, but you come out with like a trade and ready for employment or whatever. So the system in Mexico, after you, you finish uh, high school, um, you start college and the main colleges uh, or uh, universities are free, mm -hmm. but you have to have like a certain uh, average to get in. There's like a national exam and everyone goes and tests out put your top three options of the schools that you want. And then based on that, you, uh, <clears throat> your degree and whatever you score on the test, you, you get placed. So, um, I wasn't that good. I mean, I did get into a, a school that I wanted, but it was, it was a technical school where like, it was a lot of math and chemistry and physics and, mm -hmm. and eventually computer programming. I, I didn't know any better, any better, like, and I was encouraged by my uncles because they, they were like engineers and they were like, oh, you, you got to go to this place. Mm -hmm. So that's when I started uh, high school. And um, that was my transition from like uh, Veracruz to Mexico City back. Like uh, I went back to Mexico City. I was like, I don't know, 14, 15. And I uh, went to live with my grandparents, my parents then in Veracruz. Uh, like I, I did the three years there and my, my grades were like so bad. Like all I was doing, it was like going to concerts and just doing graffiti, uh, <laughs> tagging and stuff. So my grades were so bad that I couldn't get into any other like schools. Like I was, the good thing about that, the school that I went to is like, you had an automatic pass to like the, the university also like a technical university. Like, um, mm -hmm. I started in studying, um, in what was it Engi uh, mechanical engineer mm -hmm. yeah and I, I got out of there uh, out of high school with a computer programming degree 
And in order to get your diploma, you have to do like a, like it's called a social service. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, like an internship. So I got a, a an internship at, at a museum cool. in a graphic design department. Nice. And, but the reason I got in is because there was this guy uh, in a band, a, my friends and I used to, uh, were fans of, mm -hmm. and he was a graphic designer and he was working there. And uh, I was like, man, I, I got to go work there because this dude works there and I want to, I want to be part of this. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't even know how I did it, but I managed to convince the school or the person that was in charge that they had computers at the graphic design department. So in a sense, it was part of the, my computer degree when in reality it had nothing to do with computer <laughs> programming. What was, year was that? What kind of computer? Like, well, he had, he had an Apple. Oh, wow. And it was the first time I've seen an Apple computer. When I started working there, I was like looking at the work they were doing and they had like a screen printing uh, workshop there. The museum, it was like a, like a museum in, 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 in super cool part of Mexico City called Coyoacan. And the museum, it was, um, it's a small museum of, uh, it's called the National Culture, Popular Culture Museum. Mm. So they often have exhibitions of like, like Day of the Dead and, or like, like wooden masks or like traditional dress from, from all over Mexico. Wow. And and it was super super cool like uh it was very small and mm -hmm. the department was like i don't know 10 people or whatever but and in the graphic design department it was like the designer my friend and two other people like an art director and a creative director and what i was doing there was just like whatever they were telling me to do like oh uh go to the screen printing place and uh Go with the printer and see uh like these posters get printed so i will go and the screen printer will show me oh this is how you burn a screen this is how you mm -hmm. like pull colors and and they did most most of the things like in-house and i was working with them to like create the signage for the museum or posters oh, wow. cool yeah and i mean i didn't know any programs or anything i was just i i was looking at the the way they were doing it and they were talking about pantones and like they were using quark and like total foreign things to me like mm -hmm. i didn't know anything but um it was like it caught my attention like i knew that this is what i wanted so i think that was my first introduction to graphic design and what graphic design was and the posters i don't know i learned how to how to appreciate the pro uh, process and and the design yeah um, and looking at your work now it's like you look like you started in a museum <laughs> definitely there's a lot of masks i can definitely see the influence of traditional stuff with your work um which i love and i can't believe that's your origin story because it's so perfect <laughs> yeah so i mean that that's what kind of got me started into the design world where i was very into it but then after I finished that, 
um, that little internship at a museum, I, I started college, like the university. Mm-hmm. So math and chemistry and all that, like I forgot, I totally forgot about that. I put it to the side. I mean, I was still going to concerts and graffiti, but, but less and less. And the internet like came up, like started. So I put together a computer. We started like figuring it out, like what you could do on the internet and uh, chat rooms and uh, like, I mean, it was dial up and yeah. <laughs> but one of the things, <laughs> it was so like, I mean, painful to me. Rudimentary. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember like a friend of mine, like helped me put together this computer and he actually was a drummer for that band that uh, it was friends with the other guy that I was working with. And he showed me like over the phone, like he gave me some like uh, floppy disks and like this is th- this is a browser. And like, it was like a Netscape or like Explorer mm-hmm. one or something. And over the phone, he was telling me, so you insert this and it was like 12 of them in order to install like a browser. And <gasps> Like, it, to me, it was so weird to think, uh, like, with the phone line, mm-hmm. you'd be able to get, like, pictures through the phone line. Like, yeah, it was so new and yeah. weird. And so that's how I started on the internet and, and just learning more about stuff. Like, and at that point, I think a lot of the American culture started, like, flowing in. And, and eventually, we had the, uh, the trade, all the new imports started come, like, it was a massive like culture shift and influence. By, you think it's because of the internet and social media too is why the culture's changed. Well, I yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Because now nowadays, like all the information and I mean, you get it basically from here, from from the U.S. and like all the stuff that like movies and music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it comes from here. Sorry, world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever used a font or do you always you make your own lettering? And also, I want to ask if you ha- if you're going to make your own font family. I never use fonts. I mean, mm-hmm. Actually, funny enough, like my most recent posters, the, the one that I did for um, Smash uh, Benefit that's happening this Saturday, coming Saturday. So so I did the poster for Smash and I knew that artists were going to change or they weren't going to be ready until the last minute. So I used uh, a typeface for that because wow. I knew all last minute. Because I, I made that mistake with the a Think Festival that happened a few years ago where I did every band just with like different lettering mm-hmm. and every name or band like will drop out and mm-hmm. new ones will will be at it and it was a pain in the ass. But God. I, mean, I liked like the way it came out, but um it was a lot of work. It's a lot of work and I was just talking to someone about festival posters and how they're hard to read and how they've always been the same. It's just oh, yeah, like they- nothing you can do. <laughs> I think when I did that poster for the thing, everyone was telling me the same thing. Dude, you did every band by hand. Wow. Yeah. God, that's but, amazing. So the uh, the thing with the typefaces, I remember when I was in college, I, I went to school at uh, Cornish College. 
Did you have Robin yeah. Ray? Yeah. So it was her fault. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so actually, Robin was because of Robin. I, I, I think I became a graphic designer. Whoa. Shout out to Robin Ray. So Robin Ray, I, I mean, at that point, I was I was living here. Here comes a long, another long-winded story. I, I eventually uh, quit school in Mexico, moved to the U.S. Uh, with a student visa because I, I met a girl online on, on a chat room. <laughs> and now my wife. I came here on vacation. And she went back there, came back, like back and forth. And one of those times, I just stayed here. So... I was working at a at a casino. Uh, I kept I had a bunch of different jobs. My first job was delivering the paper. Mm-hmm. I was here, but I couldn't really work because I didn't have a visa. I didn't have a work permit. So what we would do is like she got the job. Actually, she applied for the job, got the job uh, delivering the paper like at two three a.m. But instead of her going to pick it up, it was I will go pick it up and I will do the whole route. And that's that's how it went. I was. Just listening to the radio, like all the way to like six a.m. Like, and at that point, at, at that time, Howard Stern started started like broadcast to <laughs> the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was familiar because uh, I remember my cousin had cable in Mexico, and we used to see the E Show. And this guy Howard Stern, like, I was like, oh man, this guy's crazy. <laughs> so that's what I was listening to. I, I didn't really speak English. Uh, that well so that kind of helped me like understand and like learn learn about American uh, the way people talk and the way people speak mm-hmm. I mean there was a lot of Yiddish in the <laughs> a lot of East Coast thing but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the like same with Seinfeld like I think I learned English because of that watching Seinfeld like close caption the way people talk to each other conversational style yeah, yeah, conversational, yeah. exactly it's all pipes jerry <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yada 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 i learn english <laughs> so after i was a little more comfortable with uh, talking to people i mean not that much but i started a job at a casino and eventually as my english got better like i got different jobs within the casino so like a slot machine attendant or whatever and mm-hmm. i started going to school to green river and I was so excited because Green River to me was, that's how Pearl Jam started. Like, it was crazy to me. Eventually, they didn't have to take any more of those math classes. So, so I had more time to take other classes. And one of those was like introduction to graphic design. And I did all my assignments and I really liked it. I started working like on freehand, get familiar with what what computer programs were. And I remember my teacher told me, oh, there's going to be like a portfolio day in mm-hmm. Seattle. You should go and and see like what they say about your stuff. So I went to Seattle Center and I took my sketchbook and I took my uh, some of my school projects and I probably talked to two or three people max, but one of those was Robin. Oh. And Robin, uh, at that point, she was uh, the head of design. I talked to her and she said, "Oh, you have cool stuff. You should you should apply for Cornish." And uh, I'm a teacher there, and uh, you it looks like like you have uh, like a good eye or whatever. And so that's why I applied to Cornish, and and I got in eventually, and I got a, a couple scholarships, and wow. and I started working. <laughs> oh my god, I started working at UPS. Mm. 
because they also pay a little bit for college. Mm -hmm. So I was, uh, I lived in Tacoma at that time. So I was going to Seattle in the morning, wow. <laughs> getting out of school like a three, four, going to work at five, mm -hmm. uh, and then get out like at midnight, almost <laughs> go back to Tacoma and then do like homework. Oh my God. God that's a hard program this, to get through while you're working. Yeah, it was, it was, it was hard, but. Like, I mean, I got the degree and stuff and I started, I started working at, um, I got an internship at Starbucks mm. and because of that time, this guy, George Estrada, he used to work at Modern Dog with Robin. Mm -hmm. He was a designer at Starbucks and, and uh, he helped me like get in there. Mm -hmm. So cool. So after I did my internship there, like I, I, I went to work for a small shop in Tacoma, but eventually came back. Then I worked at Cranium, the uh, game board, but they sold to Hasbro. After that, I went back to Starbucks and because of my previous years there. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there for a long time. And that's where I learned all the stuff. But I graduated with a graphic design degree, but mm -hmm. illustration, I learned while working on Starbucks. Like, What's the difference to you? with illustration and design yeah or yeah because there's a lot of people don't know the difference between artists and designers or they expect designers to be artists mm. and all that like we're supposed to do ux and everything it's like how do we <laughs> yeah, define yeah. what what roles these are like have you had to say like no i'm an illustrator or yeah i think that designers have uh, a problem to solve most of the time or they they get a task or they're presented with the something has to be communicated or something has to be done. You have to create an action or like a response or answer something. And that can be done like through design, which is like composition and mm -hmm. like a message. And you have to answer a brief or what, what's being asked right. to do. And sometimes you can do that with illustration with, but if you're not a good illustrator or like you don't necessarily do illustration you can hire an illustrator and and use like his art and you do the composition or the layout and add typography or sometimes they, they they're both in one like like I, i'm a i'm a designer like and i knew that i wanted to be like i wanted to come out with a graphic design degree because i wanted to learn like composition and mm -hmm. typography and uh yeah. I don't know the basics of uh, how how to lay out an image and mm -hmm. hierarchy and all of that. Oh yeah, because illustration is a little more personal. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a little more on the art side. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, you if you're an illustrator, you and you, for example, editorial illustration, you have to answer, communicate an idea through. That's your what I was gonna say with image. your like a, when a band approaches you to do a show poster, they need yeah. you to convey a certain vibe, maybe. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, you do need to illustrate every single band name on the folk life. Just kidding, <laughs> but you do need to. Yeah. You know, it's it's remarkable that you're able to do both. I think. Well, I was saying that that's Robin's fault. <laughs> that's how <laughs> this thing started. It's because I've always been drawn to posters, like ever since, like when I learned what silk screen was or like screen printing was, was at the museum and 
my exposure to like gig posters was later, probably till I got here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had some posters in uh, in Mexico too, but the style and the and the way design is in Mexico is totally different than the way it is here. In general, I think that the messages or like the graphics, they're very saturated and mm. color images. Like every little space has to be filled uh-huh. with, with stuff or like different typefaces in, in a poster. And I mean, now eventually it, it is changing, but I feel that, and that's also an influence that I have. Like I, I, sometimes I feel that I have to fill every single yeah. space on, on a design, but <laughs> Um, but the kick posters, like my first, like, uh, the first time seeing like actual gig posters was probably here in the, in the U S and at that point, like gigposters.com was like the place to look at posters and, mm-hmm. and here in the, in the Pacific Northwest, especially, I mean, the poster scene at that time was booming and mm-hmm. who are um, your favorites? Did you have favorites? Oh, yeah. I mean, because I, I was exposed to Modern Dog, like mm. all of those guys, like Mike Strasberger, Vito Costarella, mm-hmm. um, George Estrada, and I mean, Robin, like all those guys were like very, I was very influenced by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ames Brothers, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, like Kleinsmith, Sasha Barr. Mm-hmm. Even Asterix Studio, like I think, eventually became Invisible Creature. That was later, but yeah, I mean Archantry, Archantry. I think it's oh yeah, the, definitely the granddaddy of everyone, of course. But, but patent pending, Andrea Barrow at that time was living here. I was very uh, influenced by by all that work and Flatstock. At that point, Flatstock was very popular, and uh, that was an event that was happening at Bumbershoot where. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically posters people like a market for uh, posters so mm-hmm. every time there was a bumper shoot like different posters from all over the country will come and i used to love going to to, to those me too i miss um, that <laughs> yeah that's fun so I'm, I'm finally going to tell you why it's her fault yeah okay <laughs> i mean Sorry. i've been teasing you like <laughs> like this is this is robin's fault but well yeah it's robin's fault that i'm a designer but also I remember very clearly. I was uh, we were in class, and I think this was a poster class. Well, because at that time we, we started designing posters for Sasquatch Festival oh. for Adam's Axe, and we would get tickets and we we'll, we print our the posters ourselves or whatnot. But I was struggling with 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 some type, and I was trying to make the type like modify it to make it like grungy or whatever like dirty mm-hmm. and i remember robin telling me look if you're gonna do like like a typeface trying to mimic hand lettering or like like dirty you might as well do it by hand and mm-hmm. because it's more authentic and so from that time on i think like, like i always use lettering like, mm-hmm. it, it takes me forever but i feel that if I want to do something like that has a certain feel, like a lot of my work is like irregular, uh, like organic, and it has like a 
it's not vector like it's drawn by hand and and so if i want like a typeface to match that like mm -hmm. i have to probably modify it or most of the time i just, I just draw and and use lettering I can tell it looks it looks hand done and Robin I I had her in school too. I went to Creative Academy, but I also worked at Cornish for 4 years after that. Mm -hmm. Um and I taught a poster class there actually. Um and, and the students were very resistant to analog. Oh really? They were so uncomfortable getting out of the computer. So I would force them cut paper, to, you know, and that came from Robin's class like Use a yeah. Sharpie, just do it by hand. Um, and I have that comes to mind a lot when I'm designing because I'm like, why don't I just do this by hand? Yeah. Um, so that's I'm cool. the other way around. Like switching to digital is like hard because my process back then was draw something, then scan it, and then change it and layers for colors and everything drawn by hand. I will paint like watercolor on a pad and then scan that watercolor and to get the texture and mm -hmm. to get to get it to feel like it was a an analog piece which it was it was just a composition done in the computer but with analog pieces and then eventually like everything started to shift and like the brushes in photoshop got way better and yeah. i started doing more and more on the tablet or on the computer procreate the ipad came Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I'm using Procreate. And I mean, at this point, like most of my work is just digital, like on Procreate. You know, I know you've done large scale work. Um, you've done murals. Do you have to know that it's going to be a big design from the beginning or can you scale your work up? So I started doing murals again. Uh, I don't know, maybe five years, less than 10 years ago. So it was like a, like a whole new thing. And I didn't use spray paint. Like I used just regular brush and paint. Mm -hmm. And I would use like a projector okay. or, um, but then eventually um, it was, it was very hard to, to paint a mural uh, on, like on brick or like, like uh, irregular surfaces. Mm -hmm. And it takes forever. Like it takes a couple of uh, coats of paint and details are they're very hard. Because I see other people using spray paint and it's like way faster. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, I hadn't pick up picked up a, a spray paint in I don't know more than fifteen years or so. <laughs> and but now, like, there's. It was much more improvements when it, when it comes to like spray paint where you get like back there there were only fat caps and and skinny caps and that was it and if it, it, and that was if you if you could get one it's, it was very hard to get and now you you get skinny and super skinny and like you got like things for like lettering and fat wow. caps and new york like everything <laughs> And especially here in Seattle, there's like, our Primo has everything. Wow. And like the spray paints, they're like low pressure. So the spray paint comes out slow. And mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's way better. You have more control. Um, so I started uh, like experimenting with spray paint again. And I mean, it's a learning 
learning curve definitely i i don't think i'm very proficient yet but i'm i'm Fun. better That's and good. but yeah and when it comes to large scale like i use most of the time like the doodle grid are you familiar with that Ah, uh -uh, no. this Yeah. is what i do i get a picture of the wall where i'm gonna paint Mm hmm i put it on my ipad and like i start basically designing the mural on top of that picture then once i'm done i i go to the wall And I start doodling, like, just random stuff, like letters, numbers, like faces, random doodles all over the wall. Okay. So once I'm done with that, I take another picture of the wall. Mm -hmm. And then I overlay that picture on top of my design. So you have the picture with your doodles and then the design on top of it, like multiply or whatever, like Mm -hmm. another layer. Yeah. So now you have uh, basically a grid where you don't need your grid to be straight because you, you're guiding yourself by like, oh, there's a the apex of a letter here. So that line goes to Oh, the skull that I drew here. that's awesome. So you're looking at your when you're when you're at the wall, you're, you're looking at your iPad or your phone. But with the, the artwork for a mural, like some of your work is so detailed. I try to get. close with uh with a sketch Mm hmm. um but most of the time i just end up like freehand like Mm hmm. at least the the like the insides or like the there's like a pattern Mm hmm. it doesn't have to be exact so there's a lot of room for like errors and you can improvise because uh, i feel like that like i i can really draw like for example like a portrait or like i'm not a really good like real life Mm hmm like artists realist yeah so yeah yeah realistic the way i get around it, it's like be more naive or, or like lowbrow if you want i don't even know if you can use lowbrow but uh, i don't know like i just do my own shit so i don't You have do to your own thing. yeah yeah What, um, so what would be like a dream project? Like who would you love to work a poster with? for pearl jam Really? You haven't done one yet? Oh my God. We'll make it happen. What would you do? Do you already know? Do you have it pictured in your mind? Or you'd have to know the, the type of show it's going to be, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. That would be my dream project. Like um poster for them or like some sort of merch or Have you contacted I don't them? know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know, movie a uh, poster for a movie or something? Like artwork for a movie? I would Cool. love to do that. Yeah, yeah. I know you've done some album covers, a few, right? Just quickly for the listeners, what are you working on now and where can people find your stuff? Um, right now I'm working on a mural for, uh, a software company in Redmond. <laughs> Okay. and, uh, actually I'm working on two murals. I'm working on a mural. Hopefully I get to do uh, next year for in Mexico. So hopefully that works out and, and, um, and I get to go, uh, to Mexico because I haven't been in a while and I usually try to go at least once. Once a, once a year, but it hasn't happened. Lately, I've, I've been, I'm a collector or hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I collect, like, I collect, like, toys and, like, figures or, like, a bunch of trinkets. I see some behind But, you. <laughs> well, you haven't seen 
anything, but <laughs> like uh, monsters, like Japanese Safubi figures. So I've been getting into like 3D sculpture. And so I'm trying to make like a, hopefully this year, like a, a figure or some sort of uh, sculpture that I, that I can produce and I don't know, like a resin toy. Ooh, nice. I've been making my own with like resin and rotocasting. It's very difficult. Cool. I'm not that good with sculpture. <laughs> well, that's something to get good at. What about masks? Would you make a mask? Yeah, I, I would love to, to make a mask. I, I, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to do it like in between jobs like or like paintings. So like <laughs> I'm going to paint something. I end up doing something else but yeah I've, I've been i got a couple a couple of blanks that uh, my friend uh, got me from mexico every time i go to mexico I bring a new oh, one nice. but i got a couple of blanks and we'll see looking forward to that and where can people see all the new stuff you're gonna post uh, i post most of my work on instagram uh, uh hello melendez yeah okay. i try to keep my website up to date but i think most designers yeah. update their website like twice every <laughs> six years or so <laughs> i try oh, to yeah. do it more often but like most mostly just instagram or facebook twitter <laughs> okay cool thank you so much for talking to me um well yeah good luck with everything when i suerte with the pearl jam mural you're gonna do let's see let's see <laughs> all right thank you have a good day Bye. Bye. Bye.